Okay, you have an opener for this one? I sure do. And it was one that caught me off guard. It's a, a Vice oh. World News article. And you know what it's Vice. They got some good stuff. So this came out June 17th, 2022, written by Daniel Otis. Title, Canada's going to share UFO info with the US, officials say. The Canadian government officials, ah. Canadian government officials have agreed to share information about UFOs with the US. Those contacts were revealed in a pair of letters posted online this week from Canada's Natural Resource Department and the Canadian Nuclear Safety Commission, a federal regulator. Quote, given the shared priority of nuclear safety and the security of nuclear facilities and the growing interest in UAPs in both Canada and the US, the CNSC is committed to raising the issue with its United States counterparts and sharing any related information going forward. Unquote. Deputy Minister of Natural Resources John Hannaford said in a letter dated June 6th, we have reached out to the counterparts in the United States Department of Energy regarding the Office of the Director of National Intelligence's preliminary report on UAP to learn more about its perspective in order to help inform analysis and action in Canada, he is also quoted as saying. The letter was for a response to questions Manitoba's Member of Parliament Larry McGuire raised in parliamentary committee meetings earlier this year about Canada's nuclear security and U.S. efforts to investigate UAPs an official term that for what are more commonly known as unidentified flying objects or UFOs. I asked these questions at the Natural Resources Committee to get the wheel of government turning. Conservative lawmakers said in a statement to Vice News, Congress is taking this issue seriously and so should our government. In June 2021, the U.S. Office of the Director of National Intelligence released an unclassified report on recent U.S. military sightings, which have included UAP that appear to remain stationary in winds aloft, move against the wind, maneuver abruptly, or move at considerable speed without discernible means of propulsion. And the U.S. Department of Energy has long been suspected of playing a role in the government's UFO-related activities. On May 17th, during the first public congressional hearing on UFOs in more than 50 years, the intelligence officials who oversee the Pentagon current UIP office listed the Department of Energy as a collaborating partner. And I am going to end that there just so that you go click on this article because this guy does deserve a click for the investigating he's doing. Good on him. I'm very curious to see how this goes. And I'm a little sad that Vice is the only place doing it. Although Vice has great articles. Again, you should be reading Vice. Yeah, Vice is great. I have to say, given our last handful of episodes, I use them as well. And A plus to them and their research, they are great. Yeah. And with that, let's get on with our episode. From the unexplained to the mundane, come join us on a journey to the fringe. Hello and welcome to Journey to the Fringe. If you are on the fence about us, just give it a listen. Odds are you won't remember the chance encounter you had when you're old and reminiscing about your life. And if I'm wrong about that, well then, neat, I guess. We are your premonising hosts, Taylor and Chelsea, today here, following up on our USO encounter episode with, I think, something that actually falls into that category as well. It does, I would say. And this is a Chelsea episode, so I'm going to let her take it over from there. That is a me episode. Cue me. I'm just happy to be doing a topic in which it is not completely obliterated from the internet with cease and desist letters. I think your cryptid's going to need better lawyers. I can recommend some. So if they're listening right now, journeytothefringe at gmail.com. Just give us a quick email. 
This one is the Ninjin, which may or may not be capable of any of that yet being cease and desist letters. So let's have at it while we can. This particular cryptid, for the time being, not a real animal type object, is extra terrifying because it is found predominantly in the deep dark waters of the Arctic, which is, you know, not out of the realm of possibility. Who knows what's down there? Just with the USO's episode that we just got out of, these episodes that we've just done are my worst nightmare. Just for everybody listening. If you're going to ask, like, where's the one place I don't want to check for, like, creepy things, the Antarctic's probably that. Antarctic, for sure, and especially the deep Antarctic. If anything is surviving down there, I don't want to meet it. I don't want to meet anything surviving in water, to be honest with you. Not one thing. Not things in silver suits and helmets. Not barracudas. Not even a fish. If a fish just comes up next to me swimming while my feet are in the water... No, thank you. It's also said to be found in the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans. Chelsea, one creepy thing too about the cold waters of the Antarctic and Arctic is something called polar gigantism, which is basically because the waters are so cold. Evolution favors larger creatures surviving because they are easier to both insulate from the cold and maintain a higher heat. So that's why you see much bigger creatures. Really? You would think a smaller creature would be easier to insulate. No, because the surface area ends up terrible. The surface area what? The surface area is worse. Really? Yeah. You would think it would be easier for the heart to uh it has to pump faster at that point Mm -hmm. so you need a higher caloric intake and even at that point if you're that deep in the ocean most of the things at that point need to have some sort of bioluminescence from what i understand sometimes i don't understand a whole lot other than the fact that things that live in the deep water are creepier and that's all i have to say at that point there's also something called deep sea gigantism too so okay deep sea and polar gigantism i've heard of that only recently And it's not something I even want to entertain in my sphere of existence because I hate that. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So you look back through history and there are tons of stories and monsters in the oceans, be it giant squids, which are real, mermaids, still not sure on that one. It could be hiding somewhere. Oceans is really easy to hide. Plus, don't they say they know more about the surface of the moon than the ocean, which I brought up on our last episode? It was supposed to be first said on this episode, but I put it on the last episode. So I I definitely didn't make that up because we can confirmed it on the last episode that could be real it's definitely a statement i have heard many a time it's real it's real at this point this cryptid has surprisingly only recently incited and it's coming to us straight out of japan of all places the time frame of the first encounter varies from the 90s to the 2000s but generally the first sighting no matter the time frame is the same the internet is weird it'll jump you know keep the same kind of sighting and jumble the timeline up and that is that members of a whale research ship which witnessed the creature as it surfaced near airship off the Antarctic coast. They originally thought they were seeing a foreign submarine in the distance, but upon getting closer realized that this was a living animal that they were seeing. And most of the time, this is a Japanese government research ship that we are hearing about here in this first encounter. It is believed that those aboard the ship extensively documented the sighting with photos and video, but evidence has not surfaced either due to government influence 
influence or cultural pressure to not be associated with a paranormal event. Which I find weird because Japan, I find when I go through, which is a rare circumstance, but I have gone through paranormal events in Japan, I don't find it culturally stigmatizing when they come out with paranormal stories. No, they're actually, they're quite proud of their stories. They are quite proud of their stories. And I know that I've watched documentaries and stuff on this. If someone has died in an apartment, it is very hard to sell that apartment what someone has died in it. But this has nothing to do with the ninja. So maybe that's another story for another time. At this point, you're probably wondering what the fuck is the Ninjin, to put it bluntly and explicitly, which this podcast is, especially in the last couple episodes. The Ninjin is a humanoid whale, whale, I said whale, like creature inhabiting the sub-Antarctic oceans, which sounds horrible. The character for Ninjin literally translates in Japanese to human, which is weird because non-Arctic whale humanoids would also be called Ninjin, if that is correct, right? Humans, Ninjin, weird humanoid whale objects, Ninjin. Well, the Nin would be human. Jin would be uh, something else. Jin. Because this is just based off my understanding of Chinese. There's two characters, and the first character is the Chinese character for uh, person. Okay. That would make sense, I guess. And I didn't look into it that much, but I was like, that's weird. It might be whale person, but I couldn't tell you off the... I, like, don't know Japanese, so I can't, like, be a professional on this. That's fine enough to say right there, I think. That gives us... Not enough understanding, but enough to say maybe we're wrong. We're probably wrong, but a little bit right. The ninja is said to be described as a blubbery whale-like creature, completely white in color like those cute belugas, except probably more terrifying. I would assume 100% more terrifying. And like super smooth and blubbery like a beluga. They're estimated to be 20 to 30 meters in length. That's fucking huge. That is huge. And I just use fucking to elaborate the huge part. It's like an exclamation part to huge. That would be just longer than the longest ever recorded blue whale at 29.9 meters. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, that is huge. That's bigger than the biggest thing on Earth. Yeah. They're, they're the biggest thing on Earth, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. If that's correct. I didn't look at that. That is so creepy. Ugh. Eyewitnesses describe them as having a vaguely human-like shape, and vaguely meaning human-shaped head, short and thick neck, very large eyes, which is typical of creatures who inhabit the deep ocean, and a long slit for a mouth, sometimes with legs, long arms, typically ending with long fins or long fingers, Five fingers on their hands, but some things of these vary, such as mermaid tail or tentacles instead of legs. As you're apt to see with eyewitness accounts, everyone's going to see something a little bit different, right? But everybody knows they're seeing something that's not right. Another account, crew members on deck observed what they initially thought was a foreign submarine in the distance. When they approached, however... It became clear from the irregular shape of the thing that it was not a man-made object. It was very much alive. And the creature quickly disappeared underwater. In 2005, Google Earth captured what many people supposed to be a ninja off the Namibian coast near the Southern Ocean. 
Many skeptics believe that the Ninjen was actually an iceberg that coincidentally looked like a sea monster. I do have the photo here. You can just quickly Google. Maybe you did because I just heard you typing. I was looking at Uh Ninjen, Ninjen, Google Earth. It comes up quite readily. This looks like quite a large object that comes up when you Google it. This will be on the socials. Obviously, we will post this on oh, the yeah. socials for the... Nothing would have to be massive for it to show up on Google Maps. It would be. And I don't really know what to think about it. I don't have a side-by-side -side of a iceberg. I probably should have looked at that now that I'm talking about it on our podcast. But it very well could be an iceberg. I don't know that off Namibia you're going to see an iceberg. If that's typical of that area. That you could see icebergs there. It's just like they would flow past Argentina or Chile. They're about the same. Like it's just north of South Africa. That's the Google Earth capture of a quote-unquote potential ninja. Next one, other photo evidence in 2016 posted by the mirror.co.uk of a mysterious monster human spotted swimming in the waters of Antarctica. Other photo evidence in 2016 posted by the mirror.co.uk of a mysterious monster human spotted swimming in the waters off Antarctica. Fucking creepy Again, the short video captures the majestic creature with discernible arms and legs floating through the ocean but promptly cuts out. A couple of things where we're seeing potential ninjin captured on actual video evidence. Couple of a very cool kind of cryptid which is not out of the realm of possibility of being out there and escaping, eluding recognition. Is that the best word to use here? Eluding recognition. Eluding, not observation, but recording. If it's possible, I mean, you would think it would have a population of at least what a blue whale would have to be able to keep up. Yeah, you need a breeding population. Population. Unless it's a ghost but dinosaur. If it's, but if it, exactly, exactly. Ghost dinosaurs, they literally do not need to keep up any sort of population. They're ghosts. They're not they going to increase. In That's it. They're not going to increase, but they're not going to decrease. But if this is sincerely more of a deep sea creature, which the reports of the large eyes, leopardy surface, and stuff like that do point more towards a deep sea creature. It could very much be more apt for larger depths. Deeper depths. For deeper depths, in which it could very well evade observation for a long time. And it's just when it's coming up, which nobody has said anything about a blowhole or anything and it's so it may not even necessarily be a mammal a shark doesn't have to come up for breath no and like there's white squid out there too yeah very creepy encounter which very well could be out there we don't know what's at the bottom uh it just gives these kind of things more than anything just give me creeps me anything underwater and it's just like Bleh. so next i have some explanations of what the ninjin could potentially be other than ninjin that lives you know deep water in the antarctic and there are none right there are at least one oh so far damn it 
Although it's shocking that this could go unnoticed or unremarked, one should consider the giant squid. The first ever images of live giant squid were discovered by researchers in Japan in 2004, and the first live squid found was not brought to the surface until 2006. This is the year after I graduated. And the largest specimen ever caught, also the largest cephalopod, ever caught alive was also in the Ross Sea in the Antarctic. So that's more a point towards the Ninjin. Well, it could inhabit what's considered a really weird region is kind of like that inter yeah. region between the deep sea and the surface area, which is where the giant squid lives. Yeah. It's incredibly hard to find anything there because like there's no marking point to kind of find anything. And there's no real boats that are going there other than like expedition ships that are taking a limited amount of tourists very limited nobody's going there yeah but like 100 meters below the surface to the bottom of the ocean no or one's 100 there meters at the bottom of the ocean there's not much going on there's there, not so. especially from human activity at all pretty much yeah well and the only reason we really suspected that giant squid exists is because sperm whales feed almost exclusively on them or eat a lot of them oh really i didn't know that yeah we were finding remnants of giant beaks and sperm whales and whatnot huh. no i didn't know that and there was always anecdotal stories of giant squids swimming beside ships but like nothing ever like conclusively proven dating all the way back to like the sailing days yeah. Which would be terrifying. It would be. And I can't even... And like I said at the beginning of this episode, there's so many things in stories with ships on the sea and things that they see like mermaids and giant sea monsters and stuff like that. And now with science... I don't know if they had science. They had, They probably had science, but not science like we have now. But I know it as. Now we know that there's giant squid. We don't for sure know there's mermaids. There's seals. Cute seals. There's all these things that we know now that we're like, oh, it was probably a giant squid that they saw, not a Cthulhu. They probably didn't see a Cthulhu. A uh, Kraken. A Kraken. Nobody's ever said they'd seen a Cthulhu. Really? Yeah, Cthulhu is made up by HP Lovecraft. Oh, I, I thought that that was a real thing that people saw. Oh, my bad. Kraken. Kraken, which is a uh, rum now. People see rum. Yeah, people do see rum. But it all has basis and it's people seeing things and I think just a lot, maybe elaborating things a little bit when they're on a ship. It was probably terrifying. I completely get what they're going through on a ship and looking down and being like, what is down there? Is that a whale? Is that a mermaid? Is that a giant sea creature that's going to wrap its tentacles around our ship and bring it to the bottom of the ocean floor? We don't know. Don't know. And that's why I hate that. What else could this be? This identified whales, sharks, and squids, as we kind of just alluded to. A new species of giant manta ray. Terrifying. I hate this episode. An aquatic sloth. What? Perhaps an evolutionary descendant of Thalaconus? What the fuck is that word? Thalaconus. I think that's what it is. Thalaconus. What? Misidentified iceberg? Okay, I can get it. Being the Google Earth photo that we're going to upload to our socials. How do you spell Thalaconus? I want to see it. T-H-A. Oh, yeah. Okay, I just hit a button and went to the beginning. Oh, good. T-H-A-L-A-S-S-O-C-N-U-S. I don't think that's Thalaconus. Thalasochnus. Or Thalasochnus. Oh, it's a giant sloth. What? Hold on. It, it's an extinct genus of semi-aquatic ground sloths. Semi-aquatic? What the fuck? Yeah. Oh, sloths can swim too. Why? Just so you know. They are so fucking slow. Yeah. 
this is the creepiest no it's not the creepiest image i've ever seen but this is a fucking creepy image that i just i hate this i hate this gross okay i'm out of here regretting this you're not a fan of this out thalus not a fan of it nope. no no and that's clearly a mammal which is weird so it's not in water full time nope no okay but that's how wolves uh that's how whales started out basically their closest relative will be wolves and they became aquatic what are you serious time. yeah no you're serious oh yeah yeah if you look at the family tree for or the family history of whales like eventually it comes to wolves are you serious yeah one sec i'll find the picture for you and i'll send it I don't even know what to do with this episode right now. It's just giving me the entire creep. Okay, what do I have to Google? Google wolves related to whales, and it'll show you the family tree in the images. I hate that I'm Googling this right now. Okay, I literally just Googled wolves related to wolves. <laughs> <laughs> Too scared. Whales related to wolves, right? Yeah. Oh, there it is. I don't like this at all okay this is this one shows a cow and an orca and a whale and a well yeah orcas come from cows that's why they have the spots <laughs> that's what they're showing in this okay hold on this is the magic of evolution yeah don't worry about that one cow hippo is this the one that i don't look at there should yeah. be a family tree one that shows you like the wolves that are they're related to that is unsettling to say the least. Okay, what else could the ninja be other than a wolf that has been swimming around the ocean for a long time? Or a sloth swimming around the ocean. I've come to a lot of realizations in this episode that I'm not really loving in my life. It actually kind of worries me that you're more alarmed that it could be a giant sloth swimming around in the ocean. That seems like the best case scenario, okay. does it not? It's not even best case scenario. No, I'm gonna be honest, anything swimming around the ocean that could touch my leg if I'm in there <laughs> really disturbs me. It doesn't matter what it was. It could be a salmon. It could be a fucking piranha. It could be a ninja. It could be a wolf. If it touches me, <laughs> I'm out of there. This is why I don't like going into the water. It could be an iceberg. Iceberg is the best case scenario, by the way. Next. An undiscovered subspecies of the beluga. That's a good one, especially that it's so pale and fair. And with a blubbery, smooth skin. An evolutionary relative of humans. However, this is unlikely due to their size. Although, their size could have been changed through evolution. Just as we just talked about with wolves. It could also be a wolf for some reason that... Evolutionary? Evolutionarily. <laughs> evolutionarily became human-like. It would have to be like the wolves that became whales. Human sloth, even. And the wolves that took over Wall Street, like in that documentary. Yeah. It would have to be more human-like. So it's more likely a sloth or a human that just swam around in the ocean long enough that evolutionary, it just became a whale-type humanoid. Or is this a brand new creature that looks strangely human-like trolling the deep? Scenario. I, I assume you use the trolling in like a fishing term, like just slowly moving around, not like trying to fake everybody out. I was thinking trying to fake everyone out. Okay, I, I think they mean the fishing term. Uh, they probably do, but I would think just like trying to troll the internet probably because Jesus probably, Noah's Ark probably saved these creatures to troll us. But they live in the water. Yeah. It's like, you guys definitely need to survive. Get on the ark. They, they didn't need to get on the ark. They live in the water. Well, drink the blood of Christ. <laughs> they do live in the water. 
Okay. Okay. Um, I don't. They just. Did you think they saved all the things in the water too? I didn't really think everything because I'm I'm I don't really think that everything in the Bible is the truth. Okay, fair. Yeah, they had an entire aquarium section on the ark. They did. They did. They did. Or they had a net underneath the ark. And they were like, "We'll save you if you get in the net." They had that part in the Bible, right? Learned about that. That's advanced technology for their time. That's where the ancient... Yeah, the net. Ancient alien hypotheses come exactly. from. Exactly. That was on an episode, right? The one with the Luciferian ones that were wrong. Yeah, that's probably, in fact, where David Wilcock left. Yeah. Because that's, that's where the probably, Luciferians That was got probably in. it. He was like, there weren't fucking nets on the York. <laughs> Luciferians? I quit. Uh, next... Next point, simple pareidolia, which is the perception of recognizable shapes in a random pattern. Perhaps the Ninjin sightings are a result of human-shaped icebergs? Species of aquatic or semi-aquatic animal likely descendant slash evolved from the large-sized carnivore animals such as leopard seals or killer whales that is evolved into more noticeable humanoid shapes due to the convergent evolution. A species of heavily evolved animal that is related to the Cryophosaurus or Hulasuchus. Descendant species of Aqualamna millicry, a recently discovered species of shark convergently evolved to a manta ray-esque form that could resemble a quasi-humanoid entity underwater or a photomanipulation. Photo manipulation. So, with that explanation of what the ninjin could be, we end this episode on a nice bite sized episode of Journey to the Fringe. Any ending thoughts on this weird, creepy, deep water creature, which I unfortunately had to cover i don't think so actually you know what i do just because it is so japanese oriented <laughs> are there any confirmed sightings from non-japanese vessels not non-japanese vessels but there are the google photos which is not japanese sighted and basically the photos at second one may or may not be faked it probably yeah may be faked first one is definitely a google photo that's not Japanese cited. That's just straight up on Google Photos. Eyewitness sightings, no. And the reason I say that it was Japanese cited is because it was first talked about on a Japanese kind of like Reddit, essentially, was first came about on there, which is why it's Japanese cited. But they do say citing on that Japanese type Reddit was a government like whaling ship, essentially, that was doing research. Yeah. And it does make sense they're one of the few countries that actually does do whaling still okay so they are somewhat going to be in areas that most other people aren't going to be yeah it's like the antarctic which is both well yeah it's a very prominent place for whales to go mm, that's sad actually but yeah that's all i had it is a interesting creature it's, it's a modern day cryptid too which i always like i do like that as well and it's in that area of the world that we like know nothing about yep. pretty much we're, we're still in the infant's phase of learning which might it. be why it takes hold because we can't or disprove it because it's in such an area that we can't we don't really monitor no one's there yeah no it, it was an interesting story so thank you for sharing that chelsea you're welcome and thank you the listener for listening today we will see you next week as always
Thank you for listening to Journey to the Fringe. If you have liked what you have listened to, please like, share, subscribe, or follow, depending on what venue you are listening to us through. Also, please, if possible, leave a five-star review, as that really helps us in the algorithms. Should you wish to interact with us, please check us out on your social media of choice. I bet you we are there. And if you really want to communicate with us and give us ideas for new episodes or tell us that we're wrong and terrible, either way, please send us an email at journeytothefringe at gmail.com. For now, I'll see you in the next episode.